Thank you for tuning in to Black Family Table Talk, a voice for black families. We are your hosts, Tony and Tony. Today's episode is brought to you by ABTF Travels. In 2019, Tony and I traveled to the motherland to experience the year of return. We were so moved by the experience that I decided to go back and immerse myself in the culture for 52 days in Ghana. It was the adventure of a lifetime. Now we're hosting a delegation of artists and art enthusiasts for an epic pilgrimage. Please visit blackfamilytabletalk.com on our products page for details. We hope you can join us. Now we hope you enjoy season three and this week's episode of Black Family Table Talk. This week, we pick up on part two of Tracing Your Family History, a workshop that was presented during the Atlanta Black Theater Festival. Here, news reporter Monica Haynes reveals the family secret that she discovered when researching her family history. And then Dr. Irwin Dyer wraps up with tips that you too can use to get started. Enjoy. On um, genealogy and uh, went back home excited and dove into my DNA uh, results. And the more that I looked at my results on my father's side, I discovered that I did not match up with any of my father's family. Now, he had passed away, my mother had passed away, and I had to realize uh, upon looking at these results further that my biological father was not my biological father. And so I had to regroup and figure out how I was going to find my father when nobody knew who my father was. But I did do the research, I did interview people, call people look at the DNA results uh, more closely and started to contact those people that I matched up with. And I narrowed it down and found out that this is my father. Um, His name is Pliny uh, Watts Robinson. And the Robinson family hails from this place called Quitman, Georgia. It's a little tiny town south of Georgia as you can see on the screen, 30, uh, 3,800 people. And the names that you see around here are all people from uh, my family. So Tony and Nikki, if you were able to pause the video, we can stop. Thank you so much. And we're, we'll open it up to participants' questions. And I'll be happy to talk with you about what I've learned, give you some direction if you're already working on projects. I think it was really interesting for Monica Haynes to remind us that when you go digging into your family history, it's something you need to be ready for, right? There are many, many heroes and sheroes, sheroes in our families, but sometimes we find people who are not. And we also, I also think it's important to document their lives as possible because they all shape who we are. But I'd be happy to take questions and entertain um, your thoughts and comments if you are working on projects about family history and see if we can help you move forward. Some questions. There are some questions. Great. Everybody's really excited. Lots of really good comments. Uh, one question is, can you speak to going to the town records office and what to initially request? Great question. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's 
So I would, I, you know, you start with the town records office. I think it's good to make an appointment because oftentimes the records aren't immediately accessible. They have to go get them um, because many of them can be so old they're stored away. So you will want to call your county. I think you should call your county historical society or go online and make and find support with um, local genealogy groups, local historical societies. Tell them what you're interested in researching, the kind of information that you're seeking, and get their guidance. But if you, I think it's always good to make an appointment first into a county historical society or a county office and let them know what you're after and see how long it may take for them to pull the records for you. Wow, that's a great point. Um, um, we have Gloria Teller, and she says, this is amazing. She said she started a cookbook with her grandmother, and she is 95. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, and then Jamila says, I heard you mention cookbooks. What are some of the most interesting ways you've seen people tell their family stories? Yeah, so I think I think it's phenomenal. I forget the young woman's the young woman's name, but to start a cookbook project, I think is a wonderful way to tell about your family's culture because food culture is part of who we are, right? So you can bring in information about where your grandmother shopped, how much things cost, you know, what was it like, who was she cooking for, right? Um, where did she get the materials that she used to cook? So you can bring all that information into the documenting and the chronicling of recipes and how she cooked and um, family habits about why it was important to dine when people gathered at the table. What did they talk about? How did that experience become a way to transfer culture and knowledge? And so I think a cookbook is an excellent, excellent idea that we don't often think about as a way of preserving and documenting family culture. Yeah, so one of the things to look for, and I forget her name, but if you go online and do a little research, take search for African-American authors and cookbooks, and many of them have been showcased. I think Bev Smith, um, who, recently, who, who we recently lost, did some sort of cookbook history, but there are other sort of African-American researchers as well who did cookbooks expressly as a way of telling African-American history. So those can be models and guides for you as well. So Google is an excellent resource. Search for African-American history and cookbooks and see what you find. If you see something you like, use that as a model or a way for you to begin to think about what you can produce. But if people are alive and they're here, I'm telling you, sit down with them, go to their house, cook with them, sit at the table with them and start gathering the stories. The stories are the most important thing. I, I have a question for you and everybody's comments are so gracious. Thank you. Everybody's really got a lot of great things to say. Jeanette Hill says, this is amazing. I am encouraged to start my search. I tried to do this and my uncle who, who is who just passed away last year in 2019. He mm -hmm. was 96 or 97, I'm not sure. And at the time, um, I, I was actually in Ghana when he passed mm -hmm. away. And, and I remember growing up and asking him questions and asking my great grandmother questions. And one of the things that I encountered was their unwillingness to talk about the past. And I assumed it's because of the pain associated with it. Can you give us some tips or strategies and how we can discuss it without 
um, infringing on shameful secrets that may, they may not want to disclose. Yeah. So what I always do is try to start with happy moments, right? And I have found that if you start with happy moments, it's, if people begin to express experiences that were joyful, that brought them great pleasure, a birthday celebration, right? Um, a special moment with their mom, something that happened in our houses of worship, right? It opens them up. And then you can begin to explore some of the larger historical moments in American history. How did war impact them, right? How did depression impact them, right? Because you're mm -hmm. at that time you're gaining trust. And they also and also what you have to remember is sometimes you don't have to ask. Once a subject becomes begins to trust you and opens up, they're gonna start to share moments and episodes that you're gonna hear certain aspects of family history that may have been unpleasant, that may have been troubling or difficult for them. And just let those moments roll uninterrupted. And then maybe you can mm. say, last week I heard you say this, can we talk a little bit more about that? I, I think it's important for me to know and see how they open up and experience it. Um, if they have letters and they wanna share letters, so often what they're experiencing, they're writing about because so writing was the way that we communicated, right? And so if you yeah. have the letters, but I think start with a happy place, yeah. build a trust, and the other aspects of what happens to people's lives will come in because they're gonna want they're gonna want to share. And 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 sometimes unwillingly things will come out, but you will hear it, right? And then you will have the documentation of it and ask them for permission to record. And then you have it and always let them know that I respect you and I honor you. And this is not to hurt you, but I, I want to know, I think it's important for the generations who come even behind myself to understand what we survived as a people and your story matters. I think if we can continue to tell people that we're working with that your story is important, your story matters. Because we've been taught to believe that our stories don't matter and that parts of what happened to us should live in shame and should be put away in the dark. Mm. People have to push through that. And and I don't know if you spoke to this because I was backstage having a technological meltdown. Uh, <laughs> but did you talk about the importance of the accuracy of um, obituaries and the, the, the things we hand out when people transition? Yeah, and so we talk a lot about um, you know, your grandmother may be having a, fa a family Bible and that's where they're putting information, right? And so that becomes really important to not only look at sort of um, government records or family records. I think there was some information that came out about a year ago that we found out that Langston Hughes was actually born a year before most government records say he was born. Mm -hmm. um, and so as much as you can, you wanna access certainly government records, that's a way to start. But again, if there's a way, if there's a way to access family documentation, right, to as a way to verify when people were born, and then you can look for larger historical events. Someone may not remember someone's exact date, but they remember someone was born through the Great Depression, right? Mm -hmm. Remember someone was born uh, ten years after we left the South, and you know when somebody moved away from the South, mm -hmm. you begin to solve the puzzle. So what you want to do is to build a chronology, right, as much as you can, and then start plugging pieces together. And the chronology will, re will reveal so much. And then you see gaps 
you'll see sort of um, contrast and things that you have to figure out, well, was it five years ago? Was it 10 years ago? And the more history you gather, the more research you do, you'll be able to fill those gaps. But I think start with the chronology, when was grandma born? When did she pass as much as you know? And how do I fill in the gaps? When did she start school? When did she graduate school? All of those things begin to fill out the timeline and your chronology and the story will begin to come together. Yearbooks, um, look for institutional stories. Look, if you can find records on when a school began, um, when a class graduated, if family members are connected to those experiences, it helps you to fill in the gaps of when things are happening as well. I think the most important lesson to take away from this, because it can seem overwhelming, yeah. and I think that's why people don't do it, yeah. but it is so critically important. I think as we move forward, especially with the younger generation, right. and um, and it becomes easier as, as the years go on to right. document these things more accurately. Um, I want, if you can just give people three, let's get started right now, action steps. That mm -hmm. would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I think the first thing to do is take a survey of your family, see who is still here and see how you can connect with them, right? That's number one. If people are here, you want to figure out how you can connect with them and get their permission to sit with them and start gathering their stories. That's number one. Number two, the internet is such a wonderful, wonderful document, right? It's such a wonderful phenomenon because it contains so much information. So you can really start your research there. You can connect to local historical groups. You can connect to genealogy societies. All of those things can give you tips, tools, information on how to broaden your search, how to narrow your search. Um, you can find people who are doing similar research who can share information. So connect with family, start to do your research. And then number three, right? Decide what you can do, right? And just do what you're able to do um, because it is work. Um, mm -hmm. It is a lot of work. And so you need permission just to forgive yourself and to allow yourself to come into it and build it as you're able to. But it's critical. If you want to do it, you have to start. Mm. So start with what you have access to. If that's a mom, if that's a father, and start, if there's a grandmother, start with what you have access to, build your research, right? Reach out for help and just move as you're able to move and you see your project coming together. And also involve other family members, maybe your daughter or son may be interested because they're seeing what you're doing, right? And also build your own story, share your resume with your family, share your own chronology of your life experience mm -hmm. with the family, document it, and leave that with your daughter, leave that with your son so that they have it, right? Sit down and have the conversation, yeah. So reach out, make the connection, begin to organize your research, and give your permission to engage and move as, and forward as much as you can. And you see with Angela Bassett, she had access to a Harvard University professor who had access to many, many researchers to help her uncover her story while Monica Haynes is doing it all on her own. And so mm -hmm. do what you're able to do. And the more you learn, right, the more you'll be able to do. I think Maya Angelou told us that, right? Um, the more you know, or I forget the exact phrase, but that's an excellent sort of um, quote to keep in mind. The more you know, the more you can build. And you will begin to build information. You will begin to see the research sort of opening windows and um, revealing to you um, history that perhaps you didn't know that would surprise you, 
encourage you, uh, but you have to, you have to start. Do you put, what about the ancestry? And I, I know the, the speaker talked about it during the video. Is there a particular ancestry um, DNA company that you recommend? I know my husband just gifted yeah. me mm -hmm. uh, ancestry, the AfricanAncestry.com, which is very expensive. Yeah. And, um, and I'm waiting for my results now and I'm excited. Yeah. But is there, is the 23andMe or the cheaper ones, are those good to start with or not? Yeah, I think you can start anything that gives you information. So if you, if, I think you start with where you are. And if you can afford a more expensive one, then may shed more light on your DNA. But if you go with what you can gather, right? And so if you can go to 23andMe, if that's affordable to you and your family, then I think that that's where you start. You start where you are and build on what you have. Um, I think that's the most critical thing. And you don't, you don't let that distract you from making from from making a start. And so, if you can afford twenty three and Me, that's where you go. If you can afford something a little bit more expensive, and that may be more revealing, then that's where you go as well. But also, I think do your research online. There's so much more opening up every day um, that be, that becomes more affordable, that becomes more accessible. Go online and start to Google that research and so many things will be open up to you. And I think the critical fact is you don't have to do it alone. I think a lot of times in America, we have to sort of individualize sort of, mm. but it can be something that's shared. It can be communal. So I really want to emphasize joining groups that are online, um, mm. societies and just sharing information. Those people can give you tips about how they found relatives how they got access to certain information. So it doesn't have to be a solitary and isolated process as well. Find a way to make it a shared experience. And when you are successful, then you can share with those groups. It encourages you, you know, it makes you feel like going on. And so, yeah. Well, we're gonna end this session. This was so good. So much, oh my gosh, I didn't even anticipate how good it was gonna be. I am full and I am so ready to get my ancestry uh, lineage and my family tree going. Yeah, um, and I wanna end with one um, comment. I think this comment sums it up and gives us all motivation to do something. The rain says, this has been great. Love the tips. My research so far has led me along the sea islands. Oh, Thank wow. you for sharing that. Yeah. So who knows where yeah. your it's ancestry could lead you? Yes. yes. <laughs> I want to come back really quickly to what you said, Tony. I want people to be prepared to make the investment because it is an investment. It is an investment of time and it is an investment of economic resources because it's going to take all of those to uncover your story. So be prepared to make the investment. Now, are there agencies or do you consult in this area? I was just curious. Yeah, so if people want to reach out to me, they can reach me at edire at pit, P-I-T-T dot E-D-U. And we do offer storytelling tips. We give information on how to get started. We give information on how to write your stories. And so we do work as consultants as well to keep people moving along. So okay. e, e Dyer, E D Y E R at Pitt P I T T dot E D U. But thank you so much, Dr. Dyer. I am so gracious for your time and um that you spent with us today. All right, thank Everybody. you.
Fantastic. Can everybody just give, you know, we can't clap, we can't hear you clap, but we can see your words. So please enter your comments in the comments section and so show how gracious you are to Dr. Dyer and his wonderful work. You know, the Black community is just a gem of things that uh, we are, we're just so full of, of everything, talent and aptitude and intellect. And a lot of times, you know, that doesn't really get broadcasted. So I really know that platforms like this are where we get to share this. We've got to tell our stories. And that's my mantra. I've been saying it for nine, 10 years now. We must tell our stories. And this is the reason why um, I'm so gracious to people like Dr. Dyer and all of you who have come and shown up because you obviously want to learn about your history, your family tree, and where you come from. And I think that that is we need in order to feel whatever it is we're feeling. I, I know I've mentioned that I went to Ghana last year and I, I actually did a Dave Chappelle and I laugh about it because I ran away for healing, to for restoration healing. And um, when I got there, I can tell you that I found it and I can't even explain it. It was an absolutely hypersensitive spiritual experience. And I was there for 52 days in 2019, and I highly recommend it. As a matter of fact, I'll just take this opportunity to mention that we are doing, uh, uh, we are taking a delegation of artists and art enthusiasts to, to Ghana next December. And of course, you are so invited to come. You can find the information on our website. Uh, at atlantabtf.org. But I can tell you, um, it was absolutely life-changing. Nikki, do you have any reactions to oh, the, to the like, You know, it made me think of, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody had to do this before. Like, I remember I had to do my um, family tree for a project. And, you know, like, I went as far back to, like, my great-great-grandma. But um, it was, that was even, that was mind-blowing because it was like, wait, they were kin or they were like distant cousins, what? And it's just like, I want to learn more. And so now I kind of, you know, you kind of forget about it because things happen. You just kind of put it to the side. And so now it's kind of like light bulb. I need to go back. I need to keep going further. I just want to know more. Wow. Well, I've been, I'm inspired. You're inspired. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of other folks inspired. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Black Family Table Talk. We pray that you heard some principles to put into your strong black family toolbox. Be sure to tune in next week. And remember, sharing is caring. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and visit our website at blackfamilytabletalk.com. Look for special discounts and ways to be part of the Black Family Table Talk community. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comments, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by a copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. The news and opinions expressed on Black Family Table Talk do not necessarily reflect various platform hosts. All topics are for entertainment purposes only. Discretion is strongly advised and all commentary is alleged. This is a Micah 68 Media LLC production.